I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, April 14th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Jay, The Peak is hosting a giveaway right now. We're sending it out through the newsletter. So if you read The Peak newsletter, you'll probably see it. And we're giving away a $2,000 Air Canada gift card, which in my estimation will get you two tickets approximately anywhere in the world. And I guess my question to you, Jay, is where would you go? Oh, that's a really good question. I hadn't thought about it applied to me. I thought about someone winning and being so happy about it. I I see pictures when people go to Paris and I remember times in Paris. That is like a very good destination, but so is... Tuscany. There's a whole bunch of places I'd want to go, but those two top the list. So you're focused on Europe. You want to go to Europe. I, I do want to go to Europe. Is that wrong? Can I say that still? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, it's not illegal to go to Europe. Not yet. <laughs> I'd say, I don't know. I'd probably say I've always wanted to go to Japan. I've never had the chance to go to Japan. I've always wanted to see it. It just feels like a alternative reality. Like it's just a place that's totally disconnected from the rest of the world and does their own thing their own way. I find that very interesting. So I'd love to see that. So I'd probably go there. You're not eligible to win though, from what I understand. Well, you know, I got to look, I got to take a closer look at the fine print. Let's just say that. I think the fine print disqualifies (laughs) Brett Chang. And Brett, uh, some notes, Uh, we will not have a peak daily on Friday or Monday to celebrate the Easter holiday and Good Friday. Well, no, but I I think it's worth noting that in a rare occurrence, Easter and Passover are lining up. That doesn't usually happen. It does sometimes happen like the Last Supper was a Passover Seder. You remember that painting of Jesus and the disciples. But yeah, so I, it, it I didn't, just... I didn't, I, I didn't know that at all. That's that's news to me. <laughs> well, it's, it's artist. See, maybe you should be going to Europe more often to get some artists yeah. into you. That's all to say, Happy Passover, Happy Easter, Happy Good Friday, and enjoy no, Easter no. Monday as well. <laughs> Good no? Friday's not a happy holiday, Jay. <laughs> oh, it's not. Oh shoot. <laughs> Well, but happy Easter and happy Passover. Happy, I'll, I'll stick to what I know. Happy Passover, yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Brett, aside yeah. from uh, Good Friday, Easter Monday, and a trip around the world, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, bad test. For our second story, robot painter. And for our third story, zooming sales. For our first story, the federal government is writing off $20 million that was paid to an Ottawa-based Spartan Bioscience for COVID tests that... Well, Brett, they didn't work. This is according to a story in the National Post. That seems like a lot for a failed experiment, Brett. What happened with Spartan and the federal government? Well, look, government support for innovation is always risky. And the Spartan bioscience loss is one of three COVID-19 advance payments worth a total of $105 million that Public Health Canada wrote off in 2021. Okay, so to better understand this, let's transport ourselves all the way back to 2020. In a rush to get rapid tests on the market, the Canadian Department of Innovation, Science, and Economic Development, maybe they'd be more innovative if they actually shortened their name, contacted Spartan and offered them funding to develop a COVID test. This was based on their existing technology that was not initially designed to detect COVID. Well, yeah, and if you're really in the know, you call them ISED. But Spartan Bioscience created buzz early in the pandemic by promising a portable, futuristic-looking testing cube that could detect the novel coronavirus in less than an hour without a trip to the lab. It sounds a lot like the Theranos Edison. It certainly does. And if I was calling them, I said, I said they should shorten their name. Now, the cube, as it was called, showed enough promise in initial lab tests that the government placed its order. But after months of trying, Spartan could never develop a fully working product. And during one point in testing, it failed to catch nearly half of COVID-19 positive cases. 
Fast forward, Spartan filed for creditor protection April 2021, while the Canadian government was already purchasing tests from foreign multinationals. And here's the takeaway. Early in the pandemic, the Canadian government valued expediency over due diligence in the quest to find a homegrown COVID test. Now, it didn't pay off as the majority of rapid tests in Canada have been foreign built and developed. And to date, only Galvin Science of Montreal has Health Canada approval for its products. So it's basically a failure, but, you know, maybe worth trying. I guess we'll never know. A super understandable one, given the hearkening back to 2020 for sure. For our second story, OpenAI's widely hyped DAL-E, if, it makes sense if you see it written out, AI image generator can now edit pictures too. I don't know, Peak Pals, if you've heard about this DAL-E, but it's pretty incredible. Jay, can you explain it? I will try. Researchers in one of the world's most ambitious AI labs broke the internet early this year by introducing technology that allows you to create digital images from a simple sentence, from dinosaurs playing Frisbee to horse riding astronauts in space. It's pretty incredible, Jay, and I encourage all Peak Pals to Google this. It's D-A-L-L-E, and basically what you do is you just write in a line of anything in the world, and it just comes up with, like, art of it. It's wild. Anyways, and now a second version of Doll E2s includes new features like in-painting, which applies its text-to-image capabilities on a more granular level, which means that users can start with an existing picture, select an area, and tell the model to edit it, and this is all per The Verge. Okay, so for instance, you can now block out a painting on a living room wall and replace it with a different picture or add a vase or flowers to a coffee table while accounting for details like the direction of the shadows in the room. With the only limit being your imagination, the power of Doll E2 is raising a mix of concerns online, mainly regarding the potential for misinformation and what it means for artists who make a living off of illustrations because it really does look like an artist made these pictures. <laughs> and that takes us to the big picture with great power, comes great responsibility, Brett, and OpenAI has taken steps to limit ill use with the tool, including limiting its ability to generate real faces and creating not safe for work images, as well as including a generated by AI watermark over the images. For our third and final story, Zoom, the omnipresent conference call platform is venturing into sales, automation, software, a space that could grow to a $7.3 billion industry by 2028. Brett, how is Zoom pivoting out of just conferencing as we get started back into the offices? So these SAS, these sales automation software tools, use AI to monitor and analyze sales calls and help optimize performance, creating a mountain of data that you wouldn't have in face-to-face -face meetings. AI can use keywords and conversations to select the best parts of the calls and generate scores for customer engagement, overall sentiment, and one specifically for the use of filler words like, oh, like, and uh. And this is why it really matters. With the majority of sales calls moved online during the pandemic, SAS systems helped businesses read the digital room. As anyone <laughs> who'd had to give a Zoom presentation knows, it's not an easy task. And so it's nice to have a bit of assistance, but relying on AI over human instinct in sales is questionable, as the technology still misses important facial cues and tones of normal non-keyword speaking. Most salespeople really want to do their jobs in person, with a recent LinkedIn report finding that 65% of those surveyed salespeople said being remote made their job more difficult. But on the other hand, or there is a big one on the other hand, 70% of buyers said they preferred being remote. Yeah, and so basically the bottom line is over 500,000 businesses regularly use Zoom, despite the unreliability of AI or the general creepiness of a computer watching your every call. 
They'll have a deeply rich treasure trove of data to tap should they make face-to-face calls a thing of the past. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, do you think if Zoom was listening to this recording, they would see how you roll your eyes at all the jokes that I tell? I think they would have a lot of edits to make. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> they would have a lot of edits to make. That's very diplomatic. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay. 